Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. So the select committee has just wrapped the first night of its hearings. Now, you can make the argument that there was nothing explosive revealed tonight, or you can make the argument that they were laying the foundations for things they need to prove tonight. I am looking forward very much to our first guest of the evening. We are blessed to have this gentleman join us every Thursday night. Corey Brechneider is, of course, a political science professor at Brown University. You may have read his analyses on politics in Politico, the New York Times and Time. Get his book, The Oath in the Office, A Guide to the Constitution for Future Presidents. It will change the way you view our government and civics in general. And check out his Penguin Liberty series. Three books, one on Ruth Bader Ginsburg's notable cases, one on impeachment, and one on free speech. Professor Corey Brechneider, welcome back. Thanks, John. Uh, pleasure to talk to you on such a uh, historic night. Really a pleasure. Thank you. And I've been looking forward to it. Um, I'm dying to get your initial thoughts of the hearings we just saw. I think that for many, the most interesting clips that we saw um, were not so much the live testimony, but our first view ever of the videotaped depositions. They interviewed hundreds of personnel, including many high ranking uh, administration officials who voluntarily came in. And it's pretty fair to say they used the testimony of William Barr, his attorney general. They used public speeches by his vice president. And they used the deposition of his own daughter against him tonight. I think a lot of what we saw were teasers for future episodes of this miniseries. What are your first thoughts, Professor? Yes, absolutely. I mean, Barr, who was such a lackey for so long, who, remember, among his offenses that we discussed at length, uh, lied about Mueller's report, claiming that it didn't show that the president was guilty of obstruction of justice when it really claimed exactly the opposite. Uh, now is, you know, turning the tables and uh, telling us that he really let the president know that this was, uh, as he put it, I think, bullshit, <laughs> the claims of election fraud. I thought that was very interesting. And then, as you mentioned, Ivanka 
Trump being interviewed about what she thought. And she said basically she didn't believe her father or any of the uh, loons, lunatics that were around him uh, pushing this uh, lie, uh, but that she, she trusted and believed the attorney general who had actually looked into it and done the research. And, yeah. um, you know, I thought that was actually quite a moment because we've seen her be quiet, you know, very quietly um, uh, seem like maybe she's not assenting to what's happening, but but saying, no, she, she thinks this was a lie. Uh, that, that was really strong from from the favorite uh, daughter. Uh, and of course, Jared being arrogant was just a complete bonus. <laughs> and uh, I thought that Cheney handled that just so well. I mean, this guy is just what a nightmare. What a what a brat, an adult brat is what this person is. Somebody who has no sense of how important what was going on um, yep. uh, is and just clueless, basically. Um, and so, uh, you know, he, people are resigning because it's one of the most serious threats to our democracy, uh, uh, an attempt to usurp the peaceful transition of power, which he did, I thought was um, that uh, Congresswoman Cheney really did a great job of explaining that idea that this was the only time in history that it's really been disrupted uh, by a president intentionally. And people are resigning to protest this. And this, as I said, brat, this uh, minuscule mind who just thinks of himself as brilliant, uh, you know, thought that was whining. And, uh, you know, that says everything. Yeah, we'll be playing we'll be playing all of these clips later on in the broadcast. But it was interesting that Jared, who has been conspicuously trying to put as much space as possible between himself and his father in law uh, just this week, trying to get ahead of the story, talking about how he's relocated to Miami. But then to hear his sworn testimony where he called the claims of people who were resigning in protest, I kind of just took it up to be just whining. You know, Corey, I've said it before, but when when Jared Kushner finally shows up for his first day in jail, it'll be the first (laughs) time in his life he's ever gotten any place all on his own. (laughs) Yeah, that he actually deserved (laughs) to get his just desserts. For the well, first you know, time. I, I, I want to ask you about it because I, you know, Jamie Raskin had promised that they'd be blowing the roof off the place with revelations. Yeah, and for me to say that Ivanka Trump was the most important part, uh, most interesting part of any evening, is a sentence I never thought I'd say before. Yeah. but in going back and looking through it, it, it seems like it wasn't so much about the earth-shattering revelations on night one as it was about laying down the foundations right. for the cases they're going to make when they showed the clip of Jason Miller that gelatinous senior campaign spokesman, when he said the campaign's data specialist told Trump in no uncertain terms that the internal numbers showed he was going to lose, and they relayed the same message to the White House chief of staff, Meadows, um, via uh, uh, Alex Cannon, the campaign lawyer, who was there to investigate the fraud accusations. Cannon said, I remember sharing with him that we weren't finding anything that would be sufficient to change the results in any of the key states. And Meadows said to him, so there's no there there. Professor, it seems like they have to establish that top Trump advisors and Trump himself knew from the beginning that the claims of election fraud didn't have merit. And maybe that's more important than an eye-catching headline tomorrow morning. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe just to step back for a moment, what's the purpose of this? Why are we doing any of this, uh, you know, explicitly it's to inform the American people uh, to so that they when go to the polls, that they don't vote for somebody who really threatened our democracy and to inform the American people. But I think there's another 
audience that you and I have talked about, and that's the Department of Justice. And really what you see uh, happening to me is a lawyerly argument for his guilt, criminal guilt. And the way criminal trial works, of course, is, you know, you have opening arguments. You don't just put everything on the table in the beginning. You lay out a framework. And I thought the framework that they were laying out is he was told that this was a lie. He probably knew it. And yet, anyway, not in good faith, but in the worst faith, tried to steal the election. I thought, by the way, the other part of the opening argument, aside from, from, from that piece of it, which we've been discussing, was at the very end, uh, hearing those insurrectionists, the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, say he invited us, he told us to come. I thought that was damning, too, because if you want to show that he incited a riot, that he incited even an insurrection, <laughs> you know, they're giving you the evidence that the reason they acted the way they did was his speech. That's not protected free speech. That's not a right of opinion. That's incitement to violence. And, and that's definitely not protected. And it's definitely criminal. And so that's that's what I was watching, partly the effectiveness of the rhetoric, the way the American people are going to respond, but also thinking, what is the Department of Justice? What are the lawyers in that in the Department of Justice thinking right now as yeah. they watch this, including, of course, Merrick Garland, the, the head of the Department of Justice? Well, those were those were our two big takeaways. I mean, one being that they they tonight the committee tried to establish that everyone in the White House knew there was no seal. They all knew that he had lost and there was no fraud. So they've got to establish that on night one so everything they'll show us in the future can be demonstrably proven to be a lie. But as you point out, the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, um, I kept wondering why there was so much content for them. And it was uh, Chris Household actually said, well, they're, they're setting the case that they were colluding with high-ranking authorities. It sort of seems like they'll, they'll assert the criminality of the Proud Boys on night one and then show ironclad connections to high-ranking officials later in the process. How relevant is it, Professor, that several of the Proud Boys were just indicted on federal charges of trying to overthrow the government two days ago? That timing seems rather deliberate. Yeah, I think that, I mean, well, uh, certainly it helps the committee's argument because they were able to put on that screen every time you saw one of these violent insurrectionists, what they were being charged with. Also, if they're guilty of the crime of insurrection and Trump either incited it through the public evidence that we know about, or if there's more information about backroom uh, organization and, and conspiracy, well, then he's potentially guilty, too, of those same crimes that they're being charged with. So the more that we see the crimes of sedition, insurrection popping up in these individual cases, to me, you know, that that's an indication that, that they might be able to tie the person at the very top to those crimes. Uh, you know, think of Watergate. Uh, Nixon didn't mm -hmm. break into the Democratic National Headquarters, but he was potentially guilty of ordering or being yeah. complicit in that in that crime, even though he was Manson there. never killed yeah. anyone, did he? Manson never actually right. killed anyone. Right. Exactly. Um, the headline in Washington Post right now is opening statements clearly point to Trump. And it seems like they are also laying the case down that the DOJ in Mueller fashion, they're setting the case that if you want to pursue this, we're going to lay out a clear case that Trump resisted entreaties from his staff to call off the mob um, and that he gave no order to ever deploy the National Guard. Instead, he put out these tweets that were read aloud by members of the mob. 
um, which did not discourage their activities at all. Does it seem like a third case is being made here that Trump was directly in charge of this? Yeah, I think, well, at minimum, I mean, to, to my mind, I, I thought immediately about the incitement case. So just based on the public evidence, uh, I've been saying for a long time, and, uh, you know, I, and I did say it in January, I think, when we spoke, that speech that he gave at the Ellipse struck me as potentially criminal because it's not, you know, expressing some general idea or even saying one day we should have me as king. It's saying go to the Capitol. And what happened after that, the violence resulted from the speech. And that's incitement to violence. And so when you see the tweets on top of that being read out and how they were an incitement to violence, and it's not like they were some abstract thing. They were addressed to the rioters. Uh, that, that I thought was actually, now that we're talking about it, one of the most effective moments because it just doubles down on that idea that, again, even if there's not some secret evidence that we haven't seen yet that shows him ordering this attack on the Capitol, that's enough, I think, uh, in combination, these two moments of incitement, the speech and, and, and the tweeting. Uh, but you know, that day I can remember, and thinking we're 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 the police, we're the military, where's the backup? And now we know the answer. It's that um, he was refusing to order it. Another bizarre moment too was that Mike Pence was giving the military orders. There mm-hmm. is no uh, just to be clear, and nobody seemed to catch this. There is no chain of command where the vice president can give orders unless the, the president is somehow out of commission. Yeah, and so that was a, a really strange breakdown in in, in government. And I think that also is foreshadowing what we're going to see. They mentioned the 25th Amendment, that there was discussion about using this amendment just to remind listeners, this is the amendment that gives the majority of the cabinet, uh, at least initially, it has to be eventually backed up by Congress, but initially a majority of the cabinet, uh, the power to remove the president. And they were evidently considering that. That's, that's what I heard uh, Cheney say. And, um, you know, this is, has to be tied together to the fact that this uh, really uh, derelict uh, maniac president was was refusing to call out the military when when it was his obvious duty to do exactly that, to protect the Capitol. I mean, it can't be a coincidence, Professor, that Betsy DeVos, Trump's Secretary of Education, acknowledged publicly that she was talking about possibly invoking the 25th Amendment against the president with other cabinet members to essentially remove him, (laughs) that she discussed it with... Mike Pence, um, that Trump's own party was ready to remove him with the 25th Amendment after January 6th, and this was announced today, a few hours ago. It's amazing. You know, I was always joking, where are the votes going to come? I think we had a conversation in January, um, before January 6th, I should say, about the 25th Amendment, where we were trying to figure out who the cabinet members were that would uh, vote to remove the president because you need, you know, not just a, remember, not just a majority from your own party, but of the people you appointed to these jobs. Uh, and I always thought DeVos, <laughs> there was no way that she was going to stand up here, but, but maybe she did. I think it's a sign of how bad things got. That they were watching these real lunatics. I mean, Giuliani, even if he wasn't, you, you might've disliked him as mayor, but <laughs> something happened to his brain where this is not uh, a rational person. And, uh, you know, the, um, the just cast of characters that they were bringing into the White House, these sort of lawyers, unfortunately, but who were just obviously pulling in this 
set of sham arguments. It was embarrassing to Barr, I guess, to DeVos, too, uh, to Pence. And uh, they didn't want to be part of it. And, and uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how, how close they came to actually using the 25th Amendment. Well, I'm dying to, to ask you more questions, Professor. Uh, there's a lot of questions I still have and a lot I'm looking forward to. How do you feel about taking a call or two from our listeners? I don't normally yeah, do this yeah. when you're on the air with us, but we want to know what you guys think. Will these hearings accomplish anything? Will there be new allegations or evidence of criminality? Will Americans care? Um, 866-997-GRIT is our number. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Crystal has been on hold in Montana. Crystal, thanks for your patience. You are on Sirius with Professor Corey Brettschneider. Hi there. Hi. Hi. So um, I actually am in the Army Reserve. I'm on my way out to drill right now. Thank uh, you for your service. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you for your support. Um, Interestingly enough, a big reason why I joined the Army Reserve at the age of 38 in 2018 was because there was an enemy domestically, who Mm -hmm. happened to be my boss at the time, the president. And I'm not joking at all. While I took my oath, he was who I was thinking of. Not that I, as a medical officer in the Army, was going to do anything, but I was so sick of the right saying they're the patriots, Mm -hmm. when in all reality, I see it totally different. My husband retired in 2020 after 20 years in the National Guard with multiple tours, has severe PTSD. I don't know that he necessarily considers himself a progressive, but he definitely doesn't align with the alt-right. Right. And I'm just, I was so sick of that, especially on social media and You know, it shuts people up more. It's a dumb reason to join the Army, to tell people on social media, well, I agree with this, this, and this, and I'm in the Army, but (laughs) I do it. Um, So watching January 6th just had my stomach turning. I was already, you know, kind of ready for something, knowing that it was occurring, but I never in a million years thought they were going to turn on police which in general, you know, thin blue line and all. That's right. They say they support. Blue lives matter. Them just in the same way they support fetuses. Just for convenience. Just to control people. It it sounds like your husband, it sounds like your husband might be what we used to call a principled conservative, uh, who, which is now an endangered species in our country. Yeah, I, I mean, he likes to hunt. And so I think growing up in the Midwest, he just kind of was around Republicans and just kind of assumed. But at the same time, I have family and friends that are gay. Yep. They were the first gay people he met, and it was eye-opening, like, yeah, who cares? Like, they love who they love. But before, I don't know what his thoughts were. You know, it it gets complicated when you're in the Army and everything. But I've met quite a few liberals in the military. Again, I'm an officer, and I'm in the medical unit, so that changes the kind of hierarchy of the people I'm around. Yes. But they're good people that serve their country, and they are true patriots. And those people had, you know, any of my brothers and sisters in the Army been standing on that line, they would have been attacked too. 
you know, yeah. did you Court. find it effective having the Capitol Police officers testify? I mean, I, I, it's one thing that John and I haven't mentioned yet, but I found that effective that, you know, you see the video, you see the physical and awful violence. And this isn't about partisan politics. It's about whether you support the country or not. So I, I, I don't know. I was wondering if you, you found that effective. Absolutely. Um, I didn't get to watch near as much of it as I want to, but I'm always online and on social media, so I will likely see most of it. Um, but the few testimonies I heard, you know, I got tears in my eyes. Yeah. Women getting injured and then standing up and trying to hold back when they know that they physically cannot hold back a mob. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. We will be bringing yeah. you, by the way, some highlights and replaying some of the highlights of the testimony this evening. So keep attuned to your crystal. It's a pleasure to hear from you. Thanks to both you and your husband for your service. And uh, don't be a stranger. Call in more often. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah. We're at 866-997-GRIT. You know, our friend Rick Wilson was saying earlier tonight, um, Corey, that uh, he expected the Republicans to try to interrupt the proceedings. He said everything mm. about their political culture incentivizes it. The human centipede of MAGA media stunts do something outrageous, transgressive, cruel or stupid. Get checked for it. Run to Fox and complain about being canceled. Email fundraising to follow. Made a lot of sense, but no one actually interrupted the proceedings tonight. What kind of pushback do you think we will see from the right tomorrow morning? It's hard to know. I mean, it, it was effective to have the um, the officer testify and I think attacking the officer sort of puts anybody who tries that in in the position of the rioters. And yeah. I thought that was what was so amazing about her testimony. She talked about the rioters turning on, on her and the Capitol Police. But of course, they'll try. I think one thing is they'll make it about partisanship, that this is an attempt to basically turn a serious event into an election material. They'll, they'll make it about Liz Cheney, who of course, of course, the president will repeatedly call a rhino. Yeah. Um, and yet I think, you know, giving her such a, a central spotlight here, as opposed to, um, you know, the many other Democrats on the committee who I'm, I'm sure would have liked the time. It was a very good strategic move because she doesn't come across as some shrill partisan. She comes across as, a you know, somebody who cares, despite being a deep conservative, the son, of course, of Dick Cheney, uh, not somebody who I would think of as an ally. Uh, yeah. But somebody who cares about the Constitution, and, and she really sounded that that theme off perfectly. Yeah. I mean, she's really ideologically not that different from Dick Cheney, except that she's really into telling the truth about one thing, and I'm deeply grateful to her for it. L let me ask you about the judicial branch, because as you know, it's uh, ultimately this committee has no power to punish any of the mm. people who are responsible for right. last year's attack on the Capitol. We're hoping the Justice Department might be handed something gift wrap they can use that's prosecutorial. But what about the many lawsuits that have been filed against Donald Trump to make him and the other liars about the election being stolen actually pay for the violence inflicted? Like Conrad Smith and seven other Capitol Police officers filed a suit last August against Donald Trump and his campaign and the stop the steal election people like Ali Alexander and Roger Stone and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. There are already lawsuits in the judicial system about this. Is that an angle we should be considering that maybe the kind of karmic retribution you're not going to see through the Justice Department could come through just bankrupting Donald Trump through suits like this? 
I think that's possible. And, you know, one reason to think that we should have more optimism even about these two succeeding than um, than the attorney general prosecuting the president criminally is that there's a difference in the standard of proof in criminal cases and in civil cases. So all these officers have to show is that there's a preponderance of the evidence, basically more than 50 percent chance that Donald Trump did incite this violence that resulted in their uh, injuries, their psychological trauma. Many of them, of course, have PTSD. There have been tragically suicides from the Capitol Police as a result of all this. And, you know, that that's, uh, he adds up. It's, civil cases are about money. They're not about jail time. Uh, but it damages the president. It weakens him. Uh, and I think, you know, is there more than 50 percent likelihood that he's responsible for, for, for that riot? Yes, I think so. Uh-huh. Uh, at the same time, you know, you have multiple pressures on the Department of Justice. If you have a, a congressional committee making a case that he's guilty, then you have these civil suits, which are going to increasingly bring evidence at some point, it's like, well, what is going on with Merrick Garland? Why is there no criminal charge? So I think, you know, as much as you want to say justice is immune to pressure, uh, it's, not, it's not totally ignorant of what's going on. And it's not ignorant of the evidence that pops up in these other proceedings. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, this is all part of the grand hope that there will be criminal charges. I will say, you know, it's not enough for him to pay uh, money damages. I I want to see the president of the United States prosecuted. It was a huge mistake that we didn't prosecute Nixon. It sent the wrong lesson, and it's time to do it now. From your lips, Professor, it's a great pleasure. Thank you for staying up late with us, Corey Schneider. We look forward to getting back to the normal chaos next week. (laughs) Okay, John. Thanks. Quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Let me go to Luke in Vermont. Luke, thanks for your patience. Welcome. Hi. Welcome. Hello. Um, I wasn't able to, to listen to the hearing today because I just feel so discouraged with the Justice Department. Yeah, I understand. Um, I'm just like the moment Trump tried to find 11,000 votes, they have that recording. You can say there was an attempted coup. I agree. Uh, the moment asking Mike Pence to overthrow you know, a valid election. There's there's an attempted coup, and I think this was in plain sight. And I think 
they could have prosecuted him a long time ago. I agree. Which would have shut the narrative down. Would have had the popularity to have done it. I mean, it would have been. I mean, honestly, it would have been saying, you know, Biden would have been limiting himself to a one-term presidency. But it, it, you know, it's, it's what sort of needed to be done. It's kind of like with that Batman, we, you know, the hero we deserve. Or, I listen. Did. I I agree. Trump could have been impeached. Trump could be prosecuted based on the Georgia Secretary of State phone call alone. The fact that he was stupid enough to do that over the phone, and the evidence exists, and he had to have known it was being recorded. Um, it's right there. And I hope that Raffsenberger winds up speaking before the committee because, I mean, the proof is right there. He committed voter fraud. He wasn't asking the Secretary of State to make sure all the votes get counted. He asked him to find exactly enough votes, 11,000, so he could prevail in spite right. of the reality. And, and that's just like one of the many felonies. I think they could have just prosecuted him right off the bat. And like, I get it. Prosecuting a president is a harsh precedent to set. And it's not something to take lightly. But, I mean, there comes a time when precedent is done. You know? And I just feel like the Justice Department, we're going to have this hearing. People are going to hear stuff, and then nothing's going to happen. And given the poll numbers, are we looking at him coming back into power in 2024 and then pardoning people and... Well, that that depends like everything else in this country. It depends on how much non-Republicans turn out to vote. That's it. If there's a large turnout, then Republicans will lose. If there's a small turnout, Republicans always win. And that's why they fight so hard on the legislative level to make it difficult for the rest of us to vote. It it comes down to us. We can't really blame the Democrats at the end of the day. It's going to come down to how much do we care. But I will say, if you're looking for the Democrats to hang on to the White House... I think they're better off facing Donald Trump than they are facing Ron DeSantis. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get, again, I get afraid because the guy's a totalitarian. It's Ron DeSantis a totalitarian. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Trump, we know. We saw it. We, yeah. we saw what he, he does to our democracy, whether it's you know using the government to make money for him and his family. Yeah. Um, obviously, disregard it just... He's incompetent. It's just he's dangerous. The incompetence, the ignorance, the misogyny, the racism and the criminality. I mean, it's all right there. It's not really up for debate. The only thing in question is the will of the governing authorities to do something about it. Right. But that's the thing that really annoys me. Um, Like what's the the congresswoman from Colorado? though? Was it Bobart? Lauren Bobart. Yes. I'm not trying to like butcher her name. Um, it's okay. The, the end of January 6th, she tweeted 1776. Like, if you yeah. look that up on the internet, it was a trope being used by insurrectionists yeah. to call for insurrection. So yeah, like, to call for, and to call for violence. And by the way, 1776 yeah. was violence against the British government. They were calling for violence against the United States government. It's not even historically exactly. apt. It's ugly and it's dirty. But here's my problem. We didn't do anything after the Iraq war was proven to be done for profit and lies. We didn't do anything after Iran-Contra, which made Watergate look like a drop in the bucket. 
I don't really know what's going to be done to Trump. I think Donald Trump will suffer a miserable end. I think he's going to be shoveling out money to defense attorneys for the rest of his life. He will never be president again. I would like to see him run just to watch one man lose the popular vote three times. I'm here for that. Um, but again, I think Donald Trump at the end of the day is in many ways just the new version of, of, of the hood ornament on the hood of the car the Republican Party is driving over our democracy. They always change the hood ornament. It's the same movement. Yeah, no, you're, you're correct. Uh, you know, I, again, one of my the discouraging things, it also has to deal with Biden. Like, yeah. right now we have the opportunity to really reform our country. Like, I know. You could have used the Defense Production Act to bring manufacturing back home because we have a state of emergency. Yeah. Um, you you have the popularity to get ri- I mean, to really get rid of some very dangerous elements, and I'm not anti free speech at all. I'm not anti democratic, but sedition is sedition. You know, like yep. Edward Snowden considers Germany the freest country in on on the planet, and I think that means something. But oh, in yeah. Germany, they they have regulations that you can't be a Nazi. You know believe what I mean? Believe me, believe me, Germany's conservatives are so much more liberal than our liberals. I mean, I mean, you've right. got luxury housing turned into public housing, and it's being supported by the most conservative German politicians. They're so far ahead of us because they've hit rock bottom. We haven't hit rock bottom yet, and I fear it may have to get worse in this country before it gets better. I really love your call, Luke. i got to go because there's a million people on hold, but please call us more often. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back. I'm John Fiegel saying pleasure to have you with us. We're all trying to process what we just saw. We will be bringing you highlights throughout the evening of the hearings and the testimony. You know, you can disagree with Liz Cheney on some issues, most issues, all issues, but we can be forever grateful for what she has done to defend our democracy. Her father killed a million people over a lie. She may have killed her own career over the truth, but it was really amazing and historic to watch. I'm joined now by one of our favorite guests. Lee Papa is the political blogger known as the Rude Pundit. He has tens of thousands of weekly readers. He's a regular guest on the Stephanie Miller Show, and you can see him and support him even more. Uh, get Lee's stuff on Patreon under the username Rude Pundit. I have so been looking forward to this particular kind of expert analysis. Lee, welcome back. 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, I got to tell you, I, I kind of loved watching Liz Cheney just licking her chops like like, OK, motherfuckers, you, you, you wanted to do this shit to me. All right, let's do this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like everyone out there who's been donating to her primary challengers, she was dedicating this just to them. And yeah, it, yeah. It, it, but but let, let me go with the most basics. I mean, do you think they accomplished anything tonight? And do you think Americans are going to care tomorrow? Um, I think what the I think I think the real audience here was Merrick Garland, um, even though they said they, they did say that they there are cooperating witnesses with the Justice Department right now, which I don't know that we really knew, um, but that uh, I think that this was meant to put pressure on and also lay the groundwork for everyone to expect the prosecution of Donald Trump and some of the other people in the administration. Right. So um, I, I I I wish you you when in the break you brought up Jamie Raskin raising expectations that actually it was something I told Stephanie Miller this week was that I wish Democrats lowered expectations for yeah, this. Me too. Me too. And so that that way, when Liz Cheney, when they came out so forcefully saying it, you know, with Benny Thompson saying, you know, that it was a coup and with Liz Cheney, you know, with everything directly being laid at Trump's feet. And making him the 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 ringleader of the whole thing that uh, I think it would have hit harder if if we hadn't been sitting there going, OK, what's going to be the big revelation? Yeah. I mean, Jamie Raskin said they have evidence of Trump's involvement in his words a lot more than just incitement and that the revelations from the hearings would blow the roof off the House. Yeah, I don't think that happened tonight. Uh, and it sort of seemed like, well, you're going to have to have something like that on night one to hook your viewers. You know, you have to have that big moment, Obi-Wan, to get people to tune in for episode two. But I do think that they laid a lot of um, serious precedent here, yeah. including in Benny Thompson's opening address, where he talked about the uh, the burning of the Capitol by enemies foreign in 1814 mm-hmm. and relating it to the attack on the Capitol by enemies domestic in mm-hmm. 2021. I don't know for sure if they're going to come out and actually deliver ironclad proof of new criminality. We don't know. But it seems like I I think they might be trying to establish if Trump violated the 14th Amendment, Section 3, which bars insurrectionists from ever again holding office. I mean, how likely is it that maybe one of the end games here is they're trying to determine whether his name can legally appear on ballots in 2024? I've said for a while that that's his that's his play. That's his plea bargain. I will not run. I will accept a punishment that is I will not run for office anymore uh, in exchange for, you know, I don't know. I don't think that kind of deal can be. That'd be awful because I I want him to run. I want him and Ron DeSantis to tear each other to shreds for my entertainment on TV for for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the other thing that, though, that I thought that Thompson did well, and and it seems like they're going to do in the next in, in, in Monday's hearing is a lot of it was about you've heard a bunch of fucking lies. Everybody's been lying to you. And here's the truth. And and the way they put it out there was they didn't again. The thing I appreciated was leaving no wiggle room, no room for doubt. Here is what is real. And every and and even dismissing like what the right wing media machine has been saying, saying that, that, that no, that's not right. And uh, and so I guess Monday is when they're going to lay out like, OK, here's here's why the election wasn't stolen. Right. Um, I also appreciated things like the Ivanka Trump, little Ivanka Trump clip, 
Me too. Which was uh, which was really, you know, oh, God, please, I hope they let me go to the good parties in New York again. I'm so tired of old people farts at Mar-a-Lago. I really don't want to have to listen to Kid Rock one more fucking time. <laughs> I, I completely agree. You know, it, it is interesting. It seems like their their whole goal tonight was to establish that everyone in the White House knew that yep. there was no voter fraud. It seems yep. like they, they were making the case that that's what all these little tiny little clips of, yep. uh, of Ivanka, of Barr. It was all to clearly establish that Trump's top advisors did not believe election fraud claims had any merit. Right. Ergo, right. they all knew it was based on lies. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that and that they were trying to propagate the lies. I mean, that was the thing with the Mark Milley uh, thing about, you know, that uh, that that Pence was actually calling the shots behind the scenes. And which is which was which was actually a little startling to me that Pence, you know, was was like acting. I guess he was trying to save his own ass. But uh, but then that 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 fucking cunt Mark Meadows just was, uh, you know, told Milley, you know, we've got to own the national narrative here make the narrative that the president's in charge and 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 i sort of loved millie's response which was like nope no i'm out i'm not playing this game yeah what do you make of meadows lee i want to get to calls in a second but i mean it, it seems like meadows really um he really amber herded the bed if you know what i'm saying on this thing he for some reason delivered an incredible amount of information all of these text messages from the Fox News personalities, all of this was just binders full of smoking guns yeah. and then seems to have realized how he had stepped in it permanently and could never win back any fans in Magaland. So he turned around and sued the committee after he yeah. gave them everything they wanted and said he wouldn't cooperate in any way. I mean, have you ever seen a dumber criminal than this? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he was he had to be an idiot to take over as the chief of staff. I mean, at as that the fourth point one in, in four years, well, he was the fourth. Right. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. He, he comes in as chiefest. You, you, you give up your 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 place in Congress to take on the chief of staff role in the middle of a fucking pandemic. What is wrong with you? You know, let's <laughs> let's let some consultant come in and do that. Let some let some low level staffer. I don't know what he thought he was going to accomplish, but I think that there's some kind of psychodrama there that's really fascinating. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, let's take a couple of calls. I want to. There's so much I want to cover with you, but a lot of folks have been on hold for a very long time. We're going to be taking your calls all night, all the way till midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific. And we want to know, were you impressed? Were you let down? Was this sort of a Mueller report <laughs> where you expected a lot more fireworks? Or do you feel that they were really laying some solid foundation that will be built upon in the succeeding hearings? Let me go to Richard in Georgia, who's been on hold forever. Richard, are you there? Hi, Richard. Oh, yes. And we know that by 2000 mules that your party cheated, lied, and stole the election. Right. I'm not a Democrat, so it's actually not mine. And I don't think your name's really Richard. I think you're one of those guys who changes his name and lies to get on the radio. (laughs) Oh, he's Dick. We can call him Dick. Yeah, so there was no fraud. This is Robin Orlando, right? There There was. was. Yeah, there was no fraud. proves it. Well, then why why were all of Donald Trump's legal challenges thrown out of court, some with extreme prejudice? Why did Rudy Giuliani lose his license to practice law? 
my well, party. So hang on a second. You're saying yeah. the attorneys general of Arizona and Georgia. You're saying Donald Trump's Donald yep. Trump's homeland security leader. Donald yep. Trump's own. You're saying William Barr is bought off by Democrats. Yes. yes. William Barr. <laughs> Donald Absolutely, Donald Trump's yes. Donald Trump's attorney general was yes. okay. And yeah, how do you feel about how do you okay? How do you feel about he was bought okay? And uh, how do you feel about Ivanka Trump saying tonight that she knew the election hadn't been stolen? Well, she's she's dumb. She's blonde. But how does this affect your loyalty chromosome? I mean, as an obedient servant to Donald Trump, what does it do for you as as an obedient Quisling that uh, suddenly his inside circle is disputing the lie that you have clung to? Well, you're probably lying to me that she she probably didn't really say that. You just cropped it out from oh, from so you didn't watch. You didn't watch. No, you didn't. Not. You didn't even watch the no. hearings. So you're okay. Well, no, in that no. case, I, I, you win my award as the ultimate MAGA fan of the night. You wait on hold for ninety minutes to talk shit about something you know nothing about. Donald Trump would be so proud of you. And now I'm going to hang up. So Lee, there you go. Um, that's yeah. the narrative we're going to you know have. What, you know what? I always wonder about the, about things like that where they're like, they're oh like, oh my god, this well, guy William is such, this this guy is so stupid. This guy is so ignorant. I'm sorry. He's a ra- revolting racist and profoundly fake Christian who uh, who supports you know, murdering large amounts of Americans and he waits on hold for hours but won't actually watch the hearings. I, I'm glad yeah. you got to experience some of that. Yeah, I just I, I, I always wonder with people like that, like they hear that they, they start talking about, well, William Barr was bought off and and all of these people that Trump himself chose only the um, finest people turn out to be so terrible. And it's like, doesn't that really if 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 that's true, doesn't that say something about Trump? I mean, does, can't you make the leap to, wow, maybe Trump's really shitty at this? They can't do it. They're they're no, a cult. No. They're blindly obedient. I've never seen such blindly obedience by creatures who claim to be men. Never. Not in religion. <laughs> I mean, not in, in in pop culture fandom. Nothing like what I've seen with the Trump people. And, and yeah, you know, no, no, no. They, they are they are living in that fantasy world, and they are they're arguing about it like like Star Wars fans. You yeah. know. That that it's it's essentially it's essentially that it's essentially oh they're the diehard they're like the Star Wars fans who are so diehard they're still defending Jar Jar Binks you don't get it man you just don't get it yeah yeah the vision there the vision that they had for for a never mind yeah <laughs> we don't yeah. need to go down the Jar Jar hole I mean for me Lee the real highlight though which is what Robin Orlando didn't watch was the footage was the actual first snippets of testimony of people putting their hands on Bibles and telling the truth. I I thought it was amusing that I think they only included Jared to make Jared look like a dick. I don't really see how he contributed to the narrative. It just seemed like a bit of garnishing. Yeah, no, Jared was there to say, wow, isn't Jared just the fucking worst? (laughs) And I, and I, and I do feel I, I, you know, I kind of hope that Ginny Thomas comes up at some point here. And I hope that Jared's $2 billion deal with the Saudis comes up. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah, but I mean, I yeah, so, Jared, too. and you know what, Jared, Jared just sounds like every arrogant fucking legacy admit to an Ivy League school I've ever gotten into a fist fight with. I mean, just fuck that guy every time, you know, yeah. and, you know, fuck his terrible family, terrible family and literally, literally helped Prince Ben Salman get away with murder. Trump yeah. is literally yeah. on tape telling Bob Woodward's the words I saved his ass getting away with murder, but it's a journalist. So these good Trump Christians don't mind all that much. Um, Let me go to another call. B-side Bill in Florida. Been on hold forever. Welcome. You're on with the Rude Pundit. 
Hey, John, how's it going? Good to talk to you both and Hello. everyone there. Hi. I'm a little loopy because I donated blood this morning, but that's a whole other subject. Okay. I have a couple of observations. I'd love to praise the women first. Liz Cheney and the officer who spoke, they were compelling yes. and very, very uh, forthright, and especially Liz Cheney. She focused on Trump like she must have mentioned his name a couple dozen times that I saw. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was one, I, but I have one criticism of them, though, quickly, and I'll say this, because they didn't have anyone of a name in the witness uh, sitting there. You know, like, they could have had a, I, can't, I was sitting here thinking of a Trump turncoat. Someone with a name who could have really just, you know, like the first night, because I'm on the fence, I'm with you, at, yes, they, they, they're, they're setting things up for later hearings, but I, I, I didn't find it, I wasn't shocked, I wanted something, you know, I, I, right. something, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And Lee, I think that that Bill speaks for a lot of folks who kind of tuned in tonight expecting they would see footage or hear audio or see testimony that was going to be a bombshell. Like we discussed the Jamie Raskin effect. Um, Instead, it was methodical. I do think that if anything, the narrative we'll hear from the right tomorrow is there's nothing new here. Nothing new at all. Yeah. Let, let, let yeah. me let me just devil's advocate, though, a little bit. here. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, what if it wasn't for us? What if this was for yeah. the disconnected people who haven't been following this I or agree. maybe tuning in because it's the only thing on TV unless you watch Fox News? I agree. And, and they are. And it's like, I OK, agree. let's tell you what's really going on here. You do, you haven't heard, by the way, that this that this was actually a coup. And uh, and and you might you know, you might have disconnected from this since January 6th. Let's bring you up to speed. So I think sometimes we think about, you know, like those of us that are constantly inundating ourselves with this are, of course, going to have a different uh, reaction to it. Bill, I think he's right. I only, I only, I only wish for the point that they bring out like Gates, you know, and the names Gates and Jim Jordan, those who, you know, and the senators, Holly and 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 Cruz, who, you know, Holly stood there with with the with the Proud Boy side, you know, with the fist in the air. They need to yep. bring these things out, you know, expose these, you know, and their colleagues. How many of them? Nine of them? Ten well, of them? Well, they, they did name that day. They did name Perry, yeah. uh, the representative from Pennsylvania tonight, who's and they said that he asked yeah. for a pardon. Yeah. And and they said that there are what I forget how many nine who asked for. Or, or I don't know if they gave a specific number, but that at least uh, yeah. several asked for pardons from Trump for yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. possibly breaking the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and like the fuckers who gave the. Oh, go ahead, John. Go ahead. Well, I, I just think that tonight was all about laying the groundwork. I think they had to establish tonight. A. Trump's advisors knew it was a lie. B. The Proud Boys and Oath Keepers were colluding with high-ranking authorities. And C. Trump was giving the mob direct orders. And they can build on all three of those points that they established tonight. I can't wait till they give out. They show those, those Congress people the day before, you know, giving those tours because I think that that's really that will be compelling if they if they actually have video of them giving the, these the Proud Boys and Oaths keepers tours. You know, I think that really will will. Change. I would love that, but I, Lee, I, I, I don't see them going after their own. I see this is all they're going after Trump to try to either keep Trump from running yeah. next time, which I think would be a mistake because I think Trump is very beatable, much more beatable than Ron DeSantis, or they're doing this to try to raise awareness and concern about the possibility of it being repeated in 2024. I, I don't see them going after Lauren Boebert or Josh Hawley. Do you? 
See, I, I thought I thought Liz Cheney was burning it down tonight. Uh, yeah. That's the feeling I got because Agreed. she did call out Republicans. Yeah, and she, she 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 did go after her own party, and so I think that I think the I think another tactic here was to try to scare pe- some people into talking, like we have a lot fucking more than you think we have. Yeah, and and here's your ch- you have a chance now. You can you can own up to this shit or you or we're going to bring you down. I mean, there will come a day when Donald Trump is gone, but your dishonor will remain. I hate the expression mic drop moment, but that was the mic drop moment of the evening. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And she doesn't owe shit to these people. They they have all (laughs) turned their backs on her and 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 booted her out and and fucking, you know, traitors to her. I mean, again. Put aside that, you know, basically fuck Liz Cheney on everything else. But uh, but, you know, the number of people that have stabbed her in the back have made her into a fucking pincushion at this point. Yeah. Bill, thank you very much for the call. Uh, Lee, before we hit the break, one last question. I, I was wondering why they spent so much time on Richard Quested, the uh, yeah. you know, British filmmaker I, who didn't like the Nick Quested. Sorry, the, the British filmmaker who didn't really like the accommodations at the hotel. Not not the best hotel he'd ever stayed in. I got that. And out. that he, he, he was answering a subpoena. He didn't come voluntarily. Yeah. I'm um, like, why this guy opening night? And it really seems like they are really trying to establish something ironclad about the Proud Boys, which is why they were yeah. featured so heavily tonight. And they were just indicted two days ago on the federal level. Yeah, a seditious conspiracy. Um, so, I mean, th- they are putting them at the center, and I think they want to draw Trump into that. Yeah. And I guess they want to establish that there was somebody who wasn't even part of it, who was there as not a neutral observer, obviously, but certainly just there to do something else that like, holy shit, this is what I'm actually filming, yeah. um, to give it a kind of air of like, we're not just making, we're not, we're not creating this. This was there for somebody to film. This was yep. there. This, this conspiracy was out there. I was stunned. The, the thing that stunned me actually was in the video. One of the video segments was the woman that said, watch what's going to happen. Yeah. Like the one that said that, that just stood there and said, we know what's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you, but we know. I love they play the Trump debate clip against Biden saying, uh, saying, stand back and stand by. Um, and I love ha- and I loved when they played Trump saying it was a peaceful, yeah. uh, peaceful event full of love as they were showing people being beaten bloody. Yep. It does sort of feel like when you're watching a, a serialized TV drama and you realize, OK, I'm in the hands of good storytellers who know where they're taking this. It's not going to end up like Lost Season 7. we got to take a quick break. Can you stay with us, Lee? Uh, For a little while, yeah. We'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, 
propels us forward and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get back to the phones. Israel in Nevada, thanks for your patience. Hey, John. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, first you. of all, I wanted to thank you specifically. Um, you've been a big influence on me and my uh, formation politically. I was uh, born again, evangelical Christian, and in my 20s kind of got lost in the whole right-wing politics and you know, stood up for a lot of things that uh, I don't really um, – care to you know <laughs> remember fondly I but understand. uh thanks to guys like you uh you've helped me realize that you know i don't have to contradict my faith and, and still uh, be able to to stand up for what's right so thank you so much thank you thank you so much listen i i i've known some very nice conservative christians but i i i, I i'm sorry i don't see any way you can support the donald trump or republican party agenda and follow the teachings of Jesus at the same time. And it's the greatest racket ever run, that the conservatives, who are the people who knocked Jesus off, are the ones who took over his movement. It's a great irony of our culture. And if Democrats realized, you know, I'm not saying Democrats are saints, but their party platform so much more respects the teachings of Jesus. And I just want to see them take the Bible back from the hypocrites. I'm really honored by your call. Thank you. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts. So I have a friend who is uh, in my church. She's right-leaning. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get his thoughts on the hearings because I wanted to know, you know, he's a Trump supporter. And I was just like texting him, you know, did anything about tonight move you at all? You know, are you, are you any, any compassion or anything for what, what happened on January 6th? And uh, predictably, he was just like, eh, you know, I didn't really see anything compelling. And it was just like, made me think this is kind of probably the sentiment of, of most people. And so I'm wondering what, what really can come out of this that will move the needle that, you know, what, what this man really did. He, he fomented an insurrection. And, I mean, and people don't understand, the, you know, the gravity of this. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, I think that what they're trying to build is the three things I keep going over. One is that, you know, everyone around him knew there was no fraud and he was lying. And that's one of the things they'll prove, that there was no fraud, and he knew there was no fraud, but he tried to steal the office. And again, you're not going to make a cult member care about this. You know, they found no WMDs, and people reelected Bush anyway. They're, they're not going to care. But um, it doesn't mean that Donald Trump's claims aren't lies. Ashley Babbitt died because of lies. These people attacked our Capitol because of lies. They're also going to lay out that these Proud Boys and Oath Keepers were colluding with high-ranking authorities in our government, and they've already been indicted for federal crimes. So, you know, I think it's more of a wait and see and see where it leads to. You're not going to convince Donald Trump loyalists that Donald Trump is the criminal, racist, incompetent that history will judge him for being. You're not. No one who believed Bush Cheney would believe anything we said until Donald Trump gave them permission. And trust me, when the day comes that Ron DeSantis or the next fascist tells them Donald Trump lied to you people, they'll cut him loose. They look for rulers, and he is still their ruler. So don't let it make you crazy. Just model what a good Christian does and don't accept bullshit. And, you know, we can argue with them, we can debate them, but we don't have to hate them. And it seems like you're really on the right path. Thank you. Thank you. What an honor. 